Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Our number two of Oilers Now. It's 106 in Edmonton. Oilers Now is brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. You can keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary. Trail. We're going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino Excitement Bet on it. Open 24-7-365. As we welcome back to the show, courtesy of our friends at Aquarian Renovations and Experience Worth Sharing. Get started today at AquarianRenovations.com. We welcome back Sportsnet Spec Mark Spector. Hello, Spec. How are you doing? Oh, doing pretty well. Bobby, quiet day at the rink. Sort of an optional practice. A few guys didn't skate and... Uh, the orders are just kind of getting ready for a stretch run here, Bobby. It's pretty busy times coming up. All right, getting ready for a stretch time. Back-to-back, uh, you know, ugly games that Edmonton found a way to win. That's the positive thing. I had uh, Cactus Jack reached out today and texted me and said, Bob, don't you remember Colorado doing this to Edmonton in the late 90s where they'd be able to outscore the Oilers 5-4? And there's a degree of truth to that. And uh, So, Mark, one of the areas of consternation with the fan base is Jack Campbell. Uh, Where are you at right now with Jack? Well, I'm where everybody is. Uh, I mean, there's two things here. The the race for who gets to be the starter and the number one goalie, that race has been conducted. And the winner is, drumroll please, uh, <laughs> Stuart Skinner. He's the goalie. Right. So I'm worried, you know, if there's any worries about Jack Campbell, it's two things. It's what the heck's going on with the last four years of this contract. No one's real happy about that, but... We're heading into the playoffs, Bob. It's not time to talk about contracts. We've got right. all summer to stress over that stuff. In the meantime, I just, you know, you just want a guy that you think can, if something goes sour in the playoffs for Skinner, if he tweaks something and needs a couple games off, can get you through the front half of the series or the back half of the series. And that's the worry that's the immediate worry on Jack Campbell. I guess I would ask you do you, do you feel like when the chips are down, you can trust Jack Campbell to hold the other team to three on a given night. I don't know what's going to happen. I know right now in the last four or five starts, it's not one that breeds a lot of confidence in the fan base, and I completely fundamentally understand that. Yeah. But we actually don't know what's going to happen until it actually happens. That's especially... You know, yeah, like, but there's a precursor here. Like He's yes. not keeping anyone below five. He let in seven last night, only four counted. So. Yeah. You know, that's the key here. I just need a goalie that I think can, can hold the other team to three or four. Yeah, he's got to – no, no, no question he's got he's to play better. Uh, he hasn't played a lot, which isn't helping his situation, and he hasn't earned more starts, which is the, – the, the last time I checked, it's a meritocracy. Spec, uh, Ken Holland, difficult trade. Ken's last big significant trade at the deadline was when he got Brad Stewart for the Red Wings in 08. 
you know, 15 years ago. Likes to do his work in the offseason. Uh, last three years at Detroit, they didn't make the playoffs. The year before those last three years, they did. It was the lockout year. You know, it was a compressed schedule. or what? That was not an overly busy trade deadline. You know, tried to make some incremental improvements with the Oilers those first three years. He stepped up. He gave up a number one. He gave up Reed Schaefer, who you and me both really like. And he gave up Tyson Berry. And he got back Matthias Eckholm, and it all made a hell of a lot of sense. And then Matthias Eckholm came at Edmonton the first 10 games. He's got three goals, nine points, and his plus 15 has killed it. Uh, it's looking pretty good, isn't it, right now? Oh, listen. I mean, I think Ken Holland, he's up for GM of the year, except for that Campbell contract. Uh, his certainly his work at the deadline. And don't forget Bukestad. You know, I think I underestimated uh, the kind of player that, that uh, Bukestad is. He's good, Nick Bukestad. He's like, if he's coming in here to be your third or fourth line centerman, which he is, He's helping. Yeah. And Ekholm, I was actually just doing a bit of the study this morning off Sportsnet's uh, trade page. And I went back and found it of all the trades that got made. And, and you know, there's nobody in the league that's been more impactful with their new team yeah. than Ekholm. You could argue that Corpusalo, he's got really nice numbers in L.A. I think he's played four or five games for them. So he's done well. There's no doubt, and that's an important position. But there's not a player in any other market on any that got traded the deadline that's having a bigger impact than Matthias Ekholm. Well, no question about that. Mark, I said that on the Sportsnet panel after the trade went down, and I said it during the. I said you could already see it in the game against the Maple Leafs. Like the team, you sense that the team's top players appreciated that Ken Holland stepped up and made that deal. You know, because oh, yeah. they're 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 going. Why does Vegas always get the big pieces? And then it turned out the orders got not just the big piece, but the right piece to this point. And it's for multiple reasons. He shores up the back end. He slots things differently. Mark, would you agree with me right now? The orders top pairing. All due respect to Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci, the orders top pairing is Matthias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard. Yeah, it's it's slowly turned into that, hasn't it? And that's great. You know, that's that's. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think what you've kind of hopefully going to end up here is, I think if we looked at each of the four defensemen, we would suggest that probably the Oilers have two kind of two-plus pairings, and that's fine. You know, you've got, you might not have that top pairing with, with you know, I always go back to, to you know, uh, Drew Doughty and, and whoever he was playing with in the Cups, was it Martinez? Uh, I go back to, you know, Duncan Keith. Guys, you might not have Keith and Seabrook. Ball. Yeah, you don't have Keith and Seabrook. Yeah. but yeah. Met, So you don't have Keith and Seabrook. But if you got four guys that can all play well, 20 minutes for you, that's also very useful come playoff time. Well, Mark, here's where we're going to have a little bit of fun. Okay, so I just just for you know what's in giggles because I talked a bit about Bouchard and we had some ah he's never going to be that good. Over the course of the last two seasons, do you know where Evan Bouchard ranks in even strength points amongst NHL defensemen over the course of the last two years? Where he's twentieth in the league. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Do you know where Darnell Nurse ranks? Yeah, even higher. Uh, he's thirtieth. He's thirtieth. Oh, oh he's, okay. Now he is only four points behind in five-on-five five scoring. Evan Bouchard. Huh? Guess who's tied with Evan Bouchard? Brett Burns. Do we consider Brett Burns to be a top-pairing D-man for Carolina? Yeah, sure. Guess who's Guess who's behind Evan Bouchard? 
Chris Letang and Dougie Hamilton. Are they seen as top-pairing right-shot defensemen? Uh, they are, yeah. yes. They are. Right? Now, the Oilers have a higher-scoring team, but for all the warts, and it's and it's, and par- it's partially kind of how Bouchard plays. Do you remember Larry Murphy? Yep. He ended up playing 21 seasons in the in the NHL, 1,600 games, and had 1,200 points. Okay? Now, he played a much higher scoring time. But you would recall in, like, 95, 96, 96, 97, the geniuses in Toronto were trying to run him out of T.O. Yeah, he wasn't very good in Toronto. They didn't like him, and he went to Detroit, and he got very good quick. And he, and he, uh, won, and he won his third Stanley Cup of his NHL career because he'd already won twice in Pittsburgh. Yes. So... It just you know it kind of it kind of makes you know I, I and the thing is at times Murphy appeared not to have great urgency in his game. He wasn't quick twitched right in terms of, but he can make yeah. plays. He can execute a five foot pass. This Ekholm Bouchard pairing, like both guys, Ekholm's really good at settling the play down under duress. Yeah, and Bouchard will turn up the turn over the puck once in a while. But about 90% of the time, he makes really effective, quick little interior passes in his own D zone to get transition going the other way. So Yeah, and, and I think we, you know, I'll say this, Bob. I think we get caught on judging defensemen off of their offensive points. Yes. You know, I don't, I don't think, I think I've always looked at Bouchard as a guy who clearly has offense. He makes a great pass. He skates the puck. He's got a superior shot, both wrist and slap shot. Uh, you know, the, the deficiencies were his, his work when he didn't have the puck. His deficiencies were helping to keep the puck out of his net. That's learned stuff. That's the harder part for young defensemen. You know, young guys like him who have the puck their whole junior career, they show up, he's got great puck skills. Now we're starting to see a guy that's holding his own defensively. And, you know, a guy that you can play 22 minutes. And and he's, and he's paired a, with Ekholm. It's not a coincidence. Ekholm helps him. It's not a coincidence. So, you know what, could... Could Evan Bouchard become an absolute no-doubter first-pairing defenseman one day, maybe a couple years from now? You know, from eyes from New York to L.A., they'd look up here and go, that guy's a first-pairing guy, the way we do with, you know, all the guys, the Foxes and the, and the Headmans. Sure he could. Absolutely he could. Is he there yet? No, he's not there no, yet. I, 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 I would agree he's not he there. He there. He and could you, get there. Why not? Mark, I, I begrudgingly have to say your suggestions that they got two number two pairings, uh, you know, two two good second pairings, I, I think they have that. And, and actually, CC skating a little bit better. You know he's been dealing with a core issue for a while this season. Mm. All right, we have Ian Herbers coming up, okay? Okay. We're going to switch focus to allowing the players to police the games. As you know, they took fighting out of Quebec. You know that the Quebec government's underwriting that. They're they're underwriting that league. You know that and I know that. Uh, There's significant political pressure to take out fighting, so they've taken out of fighting out of Quebec. The WHL and the OHL does have some community-owned teams. Prince Albert's a community-run team. Um, But there are a lot of private enterprise uh, operations in the WHL and the OHL. I believe the players need to please themselves. What about you? Well, uh, the one thing, and and I want to say this, we have a piece that just went up on sportsnet.ca, and it's all about what we're talking about right now. What's going to happen with fighting vis-a-vis the Quebec League? So I urge people, there's a bunch of voices on there, and there's some pretty smart things that get said. There's two things, Bob. The first thing is, if you take fighting out, you can never put it back in, right? 
You we've we've watched that with a program that you and me both care about. Right, right. You can never put it back in. So you better know what the repercussions are going to be because there's no turning back. That's the first thing. The second thing is, do you need to ban? You know, my and I said this in this this piece. Banning fighting is like banning people from driving Ladas and Citroens. Like almost no one does anyway, <laughs> right? There's so little fighting. I, I've never heard of it. What's a Citroen? A Citroen's a French uh, France manufactured vehicle. Never heard of a Citroen? I've heard of a Peugeot, but not a no. I've never. Yeah, Citroen. Anyway, the, my point is, no one drives them, and so you go ahead and ban them all you want. Who cares? Uh, in the Quebec League last season, there was one point uh, two of a fighting major each game. That basically adds to a fight every eight games. So it's almost gone, Bob. Kids are coming out of junior. They don't fight barely in junior. So guess what? They don't fight in the NHL because we're not grooming and growing fighters. So you can ban fighting. Fighting's just organically leaving the game ball. That's what it's doing. Every year it goes down and down and down. So I don't know why you need to ban it. It's banning itself. All right. Um, interesting point. I'll be looking forward to reading that. I guess we're going to circle because we do have Ian Herbers coming on. And you know, I know that you circled back and found out afterwards why the Golden Bears took the course of action they did after the semifinal game. Yep. I've watched this stuff happen for years at that level. I think, I think, Mark, you might concede in terms of the. I might care more about that program than than anybody I know. Yeah. Right. Right. Maybe Steve. <laughs> Steve Knowles. Okay. You and Steve Knowles. It's head and head. No. Right. <laughs> so, so I, I care. And I feel for uh, players when they're on a good team and on a skilled team and there's no fighting in the league and guys do stupid crap and there's no accountability and we put it in the hands of the officials to police it and the officials don't want games to become, they end up managing and so it works. Like there's cheap stuff that gets, ironically in the final against Alberta and UNB, guess how many penalties were called in that game? How many? Didn't see it. There There was not a penalty called the entire game. Oh, really? There wasn't even anything close. They just, wow. both teams just went out. They just went out and played, and the, and the Golden Bears ran out of steam halfway because they were playing three and three, and huh. UNB had a really good team. So, but I, I personally believe that it needs to be there for the players to police themselves. And I think we are seeing, we need to learn from what happens in university hockey where some really cheap, brutal stuff occurs. And guys get really stick tough and brave because there's no accountability for it. Yeah, I think what we what we see is when guys get over the top stick tough, even in leagues where fighting's not allowed, a fight eventually occurs because someone is willing to take the suspension. But I guess I'd say to you, Bob, we've all watched a lot of fighting, and and really no one gets hurt and if you don't really want to participate and you find yourself in a fight you can bury your head and hug tight and get to the end of it and generally speaking there's not a lot of damage inflicted if bob if i'm a guy and there's someone on the other team running around and really getting out of hand with a stick and doing some you know some stuff that i think needs to stop if i can't fight them how do i stop them Right. Well, maybe I now I'm. You got to use your. You got to use your stick. Using my stick. Yeah. Now I'm doing something with it, like I'm spearing you or I'm high sticking you. I think it's safer, (laughs) frankly, and people are going to think this sounds stupid. I think in a lot of ways it's been safer having an outlet of fighting. Well, that was that. I mean, we we did this show on Total Sports. 
Bob McCowan was on before us ripping Rob Dom because Rob Dom wanted to put fighting back in university hockey. The yeah. Bears were the least penalized team in the country at the time. They won most games. I mean, that's when Alberta, with, with all due respect to Ian's team, Ian's team, and we got Ian coming up, they've been in the national championship the last three years. They've played a national championship to the final. He's made it to the final. But Rob's teams dominated teams. And yeah. that was in a time when kids coming out of Major Junior did fight, you know, some kids six to ten times a year. And it was just a chopper's ball at the end of the games. Yeah. Guys well, two-handed, sticking guys late. It was just... So was, I think that you have a perspective, Bob, and I actually do too, because, well, today, we've watched fighting slowly, organically digress, uh, right. you know, it decrease. It's, a, it's less and less and less and less. Now they're going to take it out, and I don't think the game will change that much because there's no fighting anyway. But you and I watched a U of A team years ago. I was covering that team where it was okay, it was okay to fight, it was okay to fight, and then, boom, they took it out. And immediately we saw the sticks go up. We saw the little guys get brave. It was a much more stark change. Right. Whatever that year was, was it nineteen eighty-nine or ninety? I thought it was eighty-six, eighty-seven. Was Could the year. Have been. Yeah. Whatever it was, you got a better memory than me for that stuff. But we, I saw it with my own eyes. What happened, at University of Hockey? And it wasn't pretty. It was ugly. Guys got brave. The sticks got high. There was sticks hitting faces all day long. You're not going to see that in the Quebec League because, Bob, it's already three-quarters of the way there anyway. Mark, I remember Dennis Glasgow was doing the play-by-play on CGSR when I volunteered at the station in the late 80s. And Alberta was playing in the playoffs, and I was supposed to be counting hits, like doing stats. You know, the forerunner to the stats job that I had with Molestar back in the day. And there were 143 hits in the first two periods of a playoff game. Between. Like, they ran yeah. the liv- living hockey. So, the, so I'm in the room yesterday talking to Nick Bugstead, and he's buddies with Mark Pezik, okay, who played. So Pezik wanted to go see one of his former teammates play out at UBC when Florida was out there a number of years ago. And Bugstead played at Minnesota. And he goes, I, I, he goes, I went and saw Alberta play UBC. I couldn't believe. This was like eight or nine years. He goes, I couldn't believe how many hits there were. Like, they were just running. I'm like, well, that's what used to happen under Milan Dragosivic when he coached at UBC, and UPI kind of plays the same way. Really? And that's, that's, like, it just, it, it, I, I think we do have a different perspective because we saw what happened when it got taken out. I think the outlet yeah, needs to be, do. the outlet needs to be there for the player. Because you know what? Even a, Mark, even a five foot 190-pound guy that could skate, sometimes when I... Got a little assertive against a six foot two, two hundred and ten pound guy that could skate. In the back of my mind, I was thinking, "This yeah, guy, be careful. I got to be careful. This guy might string me out. Like I could be in trouble here. So I got to use my brain." Here's the last thing before I sort of interrupt that we forget about. Right? I think this is hockey's dirty little secret. Of our listening uh, audience today, I'm going to tell you that seventy five percent of them enjoy being at a hockey game when there's a fight. I'm not saying they go to the hockey game to watch the fights. Right. I'm not saying they wouldn't go if they knew there weren't fights. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when they're at a good game and the game's going and a couple guys drop the gloves and get after it, we're in the rink every night, Bob. I watch 18,500 people cheer. And there might be a couple hundred that aren't cheering, but I'll tell you right now, 95% of the crowd loves a scrap. So, so... If the player, as long as the players want to do it, 
And we don't have unwilling combatants because yes. no one wants an unwilling combatant. No one wants to force a guy to fight. If we got two guys that want to fight and we got 18,000 paying customers that want to see a scrap, tell me again why we're taking it out of the game. Spec, you nailed it. Great clarity. <laughs> All right. We'll talk next week. <laughs> All right, Bob. You take it easy. You bet. It is 125 in Edmonton. Let's go to the Oilers now. Prospect report brought to you by Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace. Reface. Here's Brendan Escott. Well, let's take a peek at Jake Chase on here now that he's officially been signed to his entry-level contract. He's actually got identical production in his time split between Brandon and Saskatoon. He moved at the uh, junior hockey deadline. That was January 10th. 10 goals, 18 assists uh, now with the Saskatoon Blades. That's in 31 games. Uh, he had the same 28-point total in 37 games with Brandon, but was a minus 20 there, Bob. He's a plus four on the playoff bound Saskatoon team where I understand he's been uh, quite a welcome addition it's kind of hit and miss with him I see if you look game by game it's uh, you know two assists here and then a couple of nights with nothing production wise and then a three point game and then another couple nights with nothing so maybe consistency will be the name of his game as he develops as a player 1226 Edmonton we'll take a quick timeout. come back with the updated orders now injury report this is orders now with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Let's go to the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Ryan McLeod yesterday, Jay Woodcroft, uh, saying we'll eventually rejoin the Oilers. He's out with an upper body issue. Dylan Holloway is skating in Edmonton. We'll probably go back down to Bakersfield when he's ready, get some games in. Remember, there is no salary cap once the playoffs start. He could be an option for the Oilers at that time. Ryan Murray remains out with a back injury. You can start your new journey at Brent Ridge Ford, the dealer that doesn't forget about you after you purchase vehicle. If you want fair treatment and full transparency, reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at 780-352-6048. 12-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaska. And off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. And when we come back, former Edmonton Oilers player and coach, head coach, the Alberta Golden Bears with a wrap on the University Cup, Ian Herbers.